the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house that I have built. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. And listen in heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. God is in his heaven, and all is right with the world, although apparently at odds with the evidence, empirically speaking. We don't know the state of things in heaven, occupied or not. But we do know that all is not right here on earth. We affirm the symmetry. In the best of all possible worlds, God is in heaven. We are on earth, and there is no enmity between us. God is free to be God, and we are free to be gods. That's apostrophe S, as in possessive. We belong to God. Our longing is for God, to be with God. But in dropping that apostrophe somewhere along the way, going from being God's possession to being God, in the plural, each one of us a little God, we fell out of sorts, out of favor, out of grace, and our personal relationship, that of not master and slave, but of patron and servant, or better, client, became impersonal instead. The warmth of a relationship expressed in unwavering loyalty and willing obedience became coldly codified. An extended series of explicit transactions, thou shalt, thou shalt, that shalt not, set out as a contract between self-interested parties, each seeking to get the most for the least. Through the history of our faith, we should be able to, and we seek, to demonstrate how fidelity to the letter of the law resulted in benefit in this world and the next. Such evidence is scarce and unconvincing. Without the law, life is truly unimaginable. But again and again with the law, we find that something compels reasonable people who enjoy the blessings of this world and the next to divest of their store of earthly treasures, even of life itself, in order to commit everything to the true Lord that they serve, the God of Abraham, the God we see in Jesus. This is the topic of our talk at 10 and the series that will follow. But if I get ahead of myself, it is only because our texts today point us there as well. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. We've heard this refrain for a few weeks now, and like the disciples, we recoil inwardly. We want both, of course, at the same time, if you please. But the simple rationality of our king's instructions are this. Don't try to hang on to anything here. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? 
We know what the answer was in every heart. Yes, Lord, if you please, Lord, let us go back and come back with us. Help us to live in this world wisely and well. But we know what Simon Peter says. He doesn't always get it, Simon Peter, but when he gets it, he nails it. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know. We have believed and in fits and starts we have come to know. Taking one beachhead after another always washed back by the waves of the tide of those who occupy this world and yet always advancing. We know that what you say is true. It may or may not be what we want. That's for another time. And each in their time, without fail, each of these disciples will meet their end as Jesus does. They'll give testimony to the hope that is in them, the hope and the truth, that what they believe and have come to know is true, is truth. Truer to life than the life they've lived, than the life they see going on every day around them. They will give their lives for life itself. They will give their lives in order to live, no, in order to affirm, to proclaim the truth that is living within them, among them, which to deny would be absurd, unthinkable. What is truth? That's Pilate's question, something to be twisted and turned, manipulated for gain in the raw, cynical exercise of power. We smell the flesh rotting on the bones of the so-called great ones of our age as they seek to handle the word of truth. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. Spirit and life. Flesh and blood are not our only problem. That would be easy. No, it is those that flesh and blood serve all too easily as we look on, walk on, cheering them on. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly places. The Son of Man is already ascending, but not leaving us alone like orphans to thrash it out until he comes back for good. Armed with truth, with righteousness, with peace, we pray at all times. We pray in the Spirit, staying alert, letting our inward focus release its grip on the weapons of war and waiting in prayer, calm and intense, for the Spirit to direct us where we must go, guarding and guiding, those two functions always together, guarding and guiding, praying for the saints, with the saints, letting the saints lift us up and carry us on their prayers. The times ahead are not easy. They never were. They never will be for God's people. But our God has bound us to himself. 
Though we may let go of him, he will never let go of us. We do persevere just as he asks, and what he asks he first gives as a gift. We ask even for the words we are to speak in prayer when our moment comes to testify, and they will be given. Pure gift, this whole thing is gift, but not the wholeness of it in itself, but the wholeness to which it points, to which it leads us, where it goes. Our circumstances chain us, place us under house arrest. But as ambassadors of what will be already coming into being, we serve boldly, in quiet, and in peace. We are not alone. Carried forward by a band of witnesses, we can find the way. We are not alone. Yet have regard to the prayer of your servant and to his plea, O Lord my God. Listening to the cry and to the prayer that your servant prayers prays before you this day, that your eyes may be open night and day toward this house, toward his house, the place of which you have said, my name shall be there. Amen.